Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. And I'm Helen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Asian Boss Girl podcast. For today's episode, we are going to talk through something that I still feel pretty vulnerable in you about sharing, but I think it's time. As many of you avid listeners out there know by now, and for those of you who are just tuning in and fresh to this podcast, I, Helen, am pregnant with my first child. And it is a wild, wild place to be. Even hearing those words coming out of my mouth, I'm like, who, Janet? Who, Mel? (laughs) Who, my sister? Who's pregnant? Me? It's weird. I have obviously never experienced something like this before. And as someone who has always wanted to be a mom, it's funny because I'm in this weird place where I don't feel prepared at all, having completely jumped ship from a secure corporate job with benefits and an incredible support system. And having left that less than two years ago to pursue this dream and passion, which is this podcast and this community and building something beautiful with two of my closest friends, it's been an utterly scary yet beyond grateful place to be. And today we are going to talk about all of it. Mel and Janet were one of the first people to find out about my pregnancy, so they've been along with me on this journey for the past three months of my current six-month journey. Oh my god, yes, this episode has been long overdue. (laughs) I still remember when we found out back in May, was it? When you had just passed your first trimester, um, I was literally in shock. Um, I know that you had mentioned to Mel and I uh, earlier in the year that you and Phil were open to start trying. Um, But in the craziness of everything that was going on, you know, between adjusting to doing ABG full time to you guys, you know, buying your first home and flipping it to, um, to, you know, all of the stuff that was happening around the world. And then in May it was APAM. So we had crazy Mm -hmm. speaking events and all this stuff happening. Um, in all these partnerships, I did not expect that to happen. I remember when, when you pulled us aside, um, you know, in your, in your new home, you said, you know, I have something to tell you ladies. And for a moment, the thought flashed in my mind. I was like, what, are you like pregnant or something? Like another thing to add on <laughs> to the joke. five big uh, milestones. Yeah. yeah. Like 
Like, what's the next thing? Pregnancy, right? But I was like, yeah, there's like no way. Mm-hmm. No way because of all the stuff that's <laughs> happening. And then I remember opening the box and seeing that little baby booty. And I just screwed. I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> I was literally, I felt so vicariously like I was in shock and just... It, it turned from like disbelief to incredible, like my body just like this overwhelming wave of joy and like yeah. happiness. And I'm looking at you guys and you guys, your eyes are like watering. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and at this time I was still dumbfounded. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Yes. Two very different reactions, but both so genuine and authentic. And it was like the best way to have like shared with you guys. And I'm glad that you didn't expect it. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. can hide a secret. Yeah. <laughs> I think, to be honest, that's probably the biggest prizes I've ever, like, been a part of yeah. in my life. Your face was shock. Pure yeah. shock for, like, five minutes. <gasps> like, my mouth was, like, wide open. Like, you can tell yeah. me birds nest. Like, let me stick come. a hot dog in there. <laughs> you guys will see our reactions on Instagram where we just posted it uh, a few days ago. So you can see the genuine shock on our faces when mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. Just to give our listeners some context, Helen, do you mind sharing how many weeks are you into your pregnancy? Yep. So as of the recording of this episode, I am in my second trimester, 25 weeks and five days. And the length of a full-term pregnancy is uh, 40 weeks. Wow. Mm-hmm. So more than halfway through. And I also use this app called What to Expect, which I would highly recommend for any future mamas out there. Mm-hmm. It tells you how big your baby is in terms of fruit and vegetables and sometimes like movie products. Oh. So this week it is the size of an eggplant. That's Aww. big. It depends on how big the eggplant yeah, like, is. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, is, is it an organic eggplant or is it a mini one? <laughs> yeah, is it organic? Because those are large. They're also very long. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so twenty. So you said 25 weeks. You said um, there's 40 weeks in a pregnancy? Yeah, generally, on average, yeah. Got it. So that's around nine months, right? Yep. Uh, sorry. I, 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 <laughs> Someone's doing math right now. Put this into perspective. Because I'll be honest, I am that person that, um, just to share, Helen's my first friend that's actually pregnant that I'm close with. So I'm, mm. hmm, these yeah, friends yeah. are very new to me. So whenever they say, I'm 27 weeks, I'm 25 weeks, I'm just like, cool. Uh, what does that mean? I was like, how many is that in months? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like five, almost six months. Oh, wow. No, wait, I'm over six months. Six times four is 24. Yeah. Yeah. So over six months. You're, oh my gosh, you're literally. Wait, so this means you're at near the end of your second trimester, yes, right? Yes, I am. Okay, and then there are three. So the third trimester is generally when you're like really like ready to, it, or not, it couldn't come any day, but it's like, that's like the final, final stretch. Mm. Yeah, I think I've gone to a point, I forget when Annie said there was a certain week where after you pass that hump, you could technically have the baby survive out of the womb. So um. I am beyond that point now. Oh, really? Technically, I mean, it would be very difficult yeah. still if it's yeah, this yeah. early, but you know, cases have been in the past where past this week, you can have a baby survive out of the womb. So I just can't believe you're two thirds into your pregnancy and literally only have a few months left. And then you have a human with us. I know. What the heck? I mean, honestly, when I I see you open the door for us during the meetings, we're just like, there's two of you guys. Yeah. I was like, whoa. There's two hearts in me. I know. It's crazy. The baby can hear us at this moment. That is very true. Yes. Hey, baby. (laughs) Talking about long eggplants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do, you know, obviously it was a big shock to, you know, Janet and myself and maybe your other friends too. Um, But was your pregnancy planned? 
Yes, yes, it was. Um, I have always wanted to be a mama. I love kids. We, I feel like we all love kids in this room. I love like my niece. My We all love my niece and nephew so much in this room as well. And I am just like a huge family person. I, I always wanted to have kids. And for Philip and I, we are a bit more traditional, I guess, in that we wanted to have kids after we got married. Mm. But as many of you know, our original wedding date of March 12th was canceled without further rebooking. And we knew that if we wanted to, you know, book it again, it would be at least a year out in 2022. So we had extensive conversations about what the options were for us during this pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Either we wait a year to get married at in our like dream wedding location, Um, And then start trying to have kids or we do a mini ceremony with just us two, maybe a few friends and family members or just like have a baby and fuck the traditions and, you know, just do it. Right. Literally. But (laughs) we decided to go with the mini money, mini ceremony route. Um, And not only that, but the reason why we wanted to not wait a year with pregnancy is that it is still such a black box on whether or not a woman is fertile Mm -hmm. or if the man has a faulty specimen, right? Mm -hmm. Throughout history, women are always shunned for infertility, but it could be the man's fault too, right? Mm -hmm. You just like never know. There are a lot of factors that go into making a pregnancy work. And unless you go to a doctor specifically to check to check on your fertility, you don't really yeah, know if you're able to conceive or not. So for Philip and I, we decided to just start trying because yeah, you just never know. And also the timing for pregnancy, for getting pregnant is actually very difficult. You're technically only able to get pregnant during your fertile window in your menstruation cycle. And you generally only have like six days, I think like max, to get pregnant in a month. Mm. So you got to like time the shit out, which is funny yeah. because I feel like mo- like the movies and, mm-hmm. and media play up that like, oh, if you have unprotected sex, you can get pregnant at any time, right? Yeah. But then now that we're older and understand the ovulation cycle, it's like, oh, it's actually a very short window of time for you to be able to get pregnant. Yeah, it's only about a week in a month, right? Or even less than that. Yeah, of the, of yeah like a, that one week in a month. Mm. Yeah. Luckily, I have been tracking my period on an app on my phone called Life. And I had data points going back to 2019. So for anyone wow. out there, yeah, wanting to like have a baby in the future, I would highly suggest to start tracking your period so you know when your ovulation cycle is. Mm. What's that album? Yeah, Download right now. <laughs> <laughs> Life. Well, you track your period, right? I do. Oh, actually, yeah. I use a different. I use like a something called Flow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, so you it should just, be the you same. You just thing. want to be able to track like the frequency and. Got yeah. It, got it, got so it. actually, when it got closer to when we were thinking about trying, I used Flow and Life just so oh. I can corroborate the two. Oh. To see when my ovulation cycle would I'm gonna be. download both yeah. <laughs> I have a flow so I need life yeah yeah and it was like one day off between the two apps so it was pretty accurate oh wow yeah wow. we were able to get pregnant pretty quickly it's weird it's like it's kind of like a science yeah. to like getting pregnant yeah. and sometimes really unromantic because it's like all right right now we gotta go <laughs> let's do this you know and it's like oh i'm working but uh, yeah i guess when when you all get to that period of your lives it's really like, like that kind of yeah i actually i've heard so i have a couple of other friends uh also going through the same experience of trying to get pregnant now and i've had some conversations with them yeah about how it can actually feel like pressure yeah like so for you guys were you so it's like because you're like okay it's only this week right mm-hmm. and then maybe this is like too personal but like <laughs> Is it like only at night or like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it depends. It, it could be at any time of the day. It's just within that period of time. Mm. And I think for Philip and I, we also, 
are more like spontaneous about stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. We also during that time like had very busy schedules. Uh, so that's what I was wondering. I'm like, yeah. even if you guys were to get like, sometimes you're just not physically together a lot. Yeah, yeah. So one like solution was that we would go on getaways for oh. a weekend during. Oh, the now we know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that like really allows you to be present with each other, and it's like the best. Oh, you that's know, true. That's true. Baby making mm. scenario. So. Yeah. Was baby conceived in the Bay Area or just kidding? I don't know. I do know, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> Wait, question. So what month did you start trying? We started trying in like January. Yeah, early this Oh my God. I'm, try- I'm trying to remember what was happening. I think I know. You and your baby don't know. Oh, wait, what? We were on a trip together, but Jane and I were doing our own thing one time. Yeah. <laughs> doing our own thing, not getting pregnant. <laughs> Baby was not conceived in January, so we can all do math. But <laughs> February. Wait, February? No, March? March. March. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Sorry, we're I think this whole episode trying to figure out when the moment happened, I guess. <laughs> to be fair, here's it. The reason why we're so curious is because, again, this is such a shock to Jane and I, because we see you almost every day, yeah. that I actually didn't know you were trying. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you had said, you had mentioned it. You had mentioned it, but I didn't know all the active steps you Mm. you guys were taking. Right. Because you were also telling, updating, every time we met, it was like ABG stuff. And then you were like updating, I'm also buying a house. I'm also doing this. So it's like the details. Yeah. I knew that the kid was like a thing that was happening. I didn't know how actively you guys were trying. Yeah. I mean, uh, a week a month (laughs) actively trying. (laughs) But but the fact that you were, yeah, like you were tracking your period and it was intentional. Yeah. And I think that's what I also also wanted to share on this podcast. It's just like, it does take a bit of science and it does take prepping if you really Mm -hmm. want to try and get pregnant. And, you know, for Philip and I, Thankfully, luckily, it didn't take us too long mm. because every time, every month that passed where nothing happened, it's just like, and you get your period, it's just like, oh, damn it, you know? Mm. It's just a waiting game and, and you have to wait another month and it's just such a black box. You never know when it's going to happen. But very, very luckily, we were able to get pregnant quickly, which I know is not the case for everyone. And I do feel just like very grateful about that mm. situation. But yeah, we were trying, got it done. <laughs> Wait, so then so did, would you, I guess like the, the way you knew you were not pregnant is just you got your period. Yeah. So then did you just only, t- there's only one time you peed on a stick and then it was like you're pregnant. It's when I missed my period and I was like, mm. oh, I already know. Oh. Because <laughs> you're, we, are you like really precise? I, mean, I am pretty precise. Oh. Yeah. It's like, it was like pretty much every like 28, 29 days or so for me. Um, but when I missed it and I had missed it for more than like four or five days, I was like, oh, here we go. So it, for Philip and I, even like the reveal of it, it wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. So we walked to CVS together, had to Aww. like search for, cause like, do you know where the pregnancy, pregnancy tests. tests are in CVS? By the condoms. It might have been. Actually, yeah, yeah, it might have like been. Fam- it's a family planning section that yeah. they have all. Yeah, but there. we didn't know. So we were like going around looking at like, oh, these are cotton pads. These are like <laughs> pads. Is it here? Is it in the candy aisle? Like, where is it at? And it was like in the, tucked in the corner. And I think it is where all like the medical stuff yeah. is. Obviously, it should be there, right? <laughs> but we didn't know. So we bought it together and then um, had like in the next morning, because I guess it's more accurate when oh. you pee on the stick in the morning. Mm. But we peed on the stick in the... I peed on the stick in the morning. He wasn't in the bathroom with me. But yeah, we waited for like the lines to show up together. And it was a very, a very happy moment that we shared. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I'm having a moment.
Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Speaking about all the science and everything and how, you know, even before the uh, conception of the child, you're tracking your period and then there's the missing your period Mm -hmm. and then there's the woman goes through so much physically, right, and preparing for pregnancy. Can you talk a little bit about kind of this physical transformation that the woman goes through and what that has been like for you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Where do I even start? There are so many things that happen to a woman's body as she is going through pregnancy. Obviously, the biggest physical transformation is um, the your belly growing, mm-hmm. and it's the weight gain. And for me, throughout my adult life, I've had issues with body image, and it is a lot to take on when what is happening to you is just completely out of your control. Mm-hmm. I think especially during the first trimester, I was feeling nauseous. I had migraines, and I was getting bigger. I think I gained like six to 10 pounds in the first trimester, which is not a small number. But it was Which is strange because like, I feel like Mel and I literally did not. I mean, I know this yeah. is whether it's the right thing to say or not, but I literally, I'm like, you still don't really look pregnant. Like it's one of those things where from the front, you look like nothing. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, that's true. It's like, oh. Yeah. No, I think I've gained like 20 pounds since like Wow. Since I don't, March. and it doesn't, yeah. But I mean, it's, it makes sense. You're growing a human being. I got a lot of extra blood in me. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, I think especially just during that um, first trimester, though, it was yeah, difficult yeah. because no one other than Philip knew that I was pregnant. So yeah, yeah, to yeah. me and my perception of how people saw me, thank you for saying that, that yeah. like nothing seemed to have changed. But I was thinking that like, oh my gosh, Helen is just gaining weight without the title of pregnant woman for mm. three months. And that was really difficult for me to take in. So for a long period of time, I wanted to hide the belly, just wear baggy clothes, obviously just hide it too, because you didn't want people asking about it. But I wanted to hide this body that I didn't feel like was mine either. Mm. You know, I would look in the mirror and just be like, I don't know who that is. Like, Mm. and I'd never felt that way before. It felt like a really out of body experience to see myself and just be like, wait, who is that? Oh, wait, that's Mm. me. Oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. You know, but now that I have announced my pregnancy to the public, which happened five months in, I am at a place where I do feel fully content with what is happening to my body. Like I have accepted the fact that bodies are meant to change. They are constantly transforming. 
And especially during pregnancy, this is honestly the most beautiful transformation that I could mm-hmm. ever go through with myself. Like, sure, I can spend a year trying to get the most ripped and strong and lean and healthy that I can be. And I have done that. But now in hindsight, it's like, then what? You know? Yeah. Once like you I, achieve that state, what else was, what was yeah. it for? Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've done that. I commend people that do that constantly. But Sometimes, you know, it is for the wrong reasons. And I look back at some of my old photos now on days where I thought I had like bad body image days and I'm like, mm. yo, I look good. Like what the, yeah. like what was I thinking? What is wrong with me during that period of time? You know, and it just proved to me how much we, or at least I like obsessed over image mm. and how much value I had placed on myself because of my external appearance mm. and how much it steals your joy and your ability mm. to be present and grateful for everything else that is happening when you're so focused on your image and realizing that now obviously I'm just talking about like body image and like physical transformation and all of that but now I'm just focused on what my body is doing Mm. rather than what transformation is taking place like externally Mm. I am the heaviest that I have ever been having gained 20 pounds in like six months but I have never loved my body and have never been as comfortable in my body as I am now So it is a very beautiful place to have gotten to this realization and this acceptance and just feeling very much in love with like every, everything that is going on in my body, even if it doesn't feel like it's mine sometimes. Mm. I love that. When do you feel like the, the, the transformation kind of happened for you? And like, what were, do you think there were things that you were doing to help actively like get to this place? I think it was once I was I announced it mm. to more people that it didn't feel like I was trying to hide this mm. and just and just trying to accept what was happening to my body alone, mm. like by myself so internally. Of, yeah, yeah. Mm. the Not concept of just sharing and being like, "Yo, I'm pregnant." Of course, my body's changing. Yeah. Instead of like, "I'm not pregnant, but my body's changing." Mm. Yeah. You know that helped me to just like be like, "Oh, yeah, this is amazing. What's happening mm. to me?" Yeah, yeah. But it did take that step for me. And I'm sure for a lot of women, they're like, yeah, I'm pregnant. This is what's happening. But for me, because of just my past with like body image and things like that, it it wasn't easy. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of women, um, even maybe people who were not conscious of their body, perhaps they will experience these thoughts for the first time of feeling foreign in their body. Yeah. So everything you're sharing, I feel like no matter what someone's history is, is like very helpful, you know, to go through something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And then other physical things that are taking place on my body. Let's go from like top down. So my teenage hormonal cystic acne is back, especially around my chin area. And it's because Mm. of an increase in hormones that's called androgens, which causes more oil to clog up your pores. Oh, interesting. I've been using a lot of pimple patches, but nothing really helps. I remember when we talked to Chriselle, she was just like, it's just hormonal. You can't do anything about it. I'm like, just let it happen. All right. Just let it be. Um, my boobs are humongous. Your boobs did. I think that I noticed that more than I noticed your. I didn't notice the belly buff when you. I remember when I. Your boobs are. That's what Justin said too. Yeah. When I hugged like one of our friends, Porter, she was just like, "Why is she gonna boob job? Like, what? Why is her?" Yeah, she's like, like, "I gave you a hug, and uh, I mean, I noticed a difference." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always. I'm saying now, like, don't get a boob job, y'all. Just get pregnant. Yeah. I went up two cup sizes. I think wait, I haven't I haven't checked yet, but I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. there's two cup sizes. Well, you're a D. Oh wait, maybe not. Maybe you C. <laughs> maybe one. I thought I was an A for a second, but I've never. I mean, I've never had like full boobs in my life. I was probably mm. like a, on the smaller size of a B. Kind of weird, also, but like, and no one. I never knew about this, but like yeah. sometimes they leak too. Now, 
which oh. I thought, I was like, why is it so early? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's something called colostrum, which is dubbed like liquid gold because of its Ooh. antibodies and nutrient content. It's the precursor of breast milk, oh. which will, you know, soon feed the baby. But I sometimes go bra free and I'm walking around. I remember I was walking around with uh, Philip at I- Ikea and I looked down. I was just like, yo, <laughs> oh, like this is not a good look. <laughs> She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. My boobs are leaking. <laughs> so it's not a lot. It's just like yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's like a little wet dot. Yeah. Size of where your nipples are. <laughs> I had actually never heard of that. And I had a lot of friends and family be pregnant. And so I brought it up to my cousin. I was like, yeah, Helen's itchy. Like you can actually, like you could start leaking. She's like, oh, that means she's probably going to be a good producer of milk. Like, oh, interesting. She's like, lucky. <laughs> so it's funny because, okay, very early on, I made this TM my but whatever i like i was squeezing my nipples because I, like, <laughs> I was like where's this milk gonna come from yeah, yeah. there's no like holes yeah it's not like a pee hole or anything like that it's like where's this milk gonna yeah, come isn't from isn't there a hole there's it, there's multiple holes oh it's like a it's like very porous mm. so it comes out in like little dots and one day i was just like squeezing and trying to look and then the little like the clear liquid which is yeah. the colostrum came out i was like oh <laughs> 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 shit am i breastfeeding right now like only four months in did you try your own cl- I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, someone did. <laughs> oh, okay, ended on that. <laughs> but it's very nutritious. It's like very good yeah. for you. People call it, people say it's it's like liquid gold. People basically. say it has better nutrition than milk itself. So mm. I'm like, hmm. in any case. <laughs> Did you put that on your acne? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that would. Ooh, what if that? What if that? Dude, that what that, if we create like an ABG acne acne cream, cream based on my colostrum? <laughs> All right, Helen, good kid, get on pumping. Yeah. Um, other parts of my body, lower back pain is like really mm. bad. Just yesterday, I was out gardening and leaning over to pick up some dry leaves. And not gonna lie, I feel like I'm a fairly fit person. Used to yeah. work out my back, maybe more my upper back than my lower back, but it it felt like I pulled my back <gasps> after just a couple of like bends yeah. and I could tell that I was like a little bit painful but then when I got up I was just like holy shit and I just lay on the couch and I literally couldn't move for a while so I don't know that does scare me a lot that I'm having these lower back pains because my mom has back pains and she said it started from pregnancy oh. so I really do want to like work the f out of my back when I'm, <laughs> when yeah, I'm yeah, out of this like back muscles yeah like when I'm out of this pregnancy thing start twerking you know start twerking, twerking. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I need to twerk more. Um, also, around 17 weeks, I have this like linea nigra, mm. which stands for black line in Latin, and it appears as a line that is vertical from your belly button, like going up towards your towards your chest area down to your VJJ area. Um, and apparently, this line is always there. Like you ladies have it too. But pregnancy increases the production of melanin, which causes any dark spots in your body, including this line, to darken too. Oh. So all my moles are a little bit darker. This line is darker too. And we all, yeah, we all have the line. I mm. guess it's called like a white line, but then it turns black mm. during pregnancy. So yeah, everyone check on your linea nigra. It's like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> my belly button right now. <laughs> um, two other things. So I am starting to feel like little kicks. Oh. Little flutters, and I keep a daily journal, so I know when this happened. But it was around week eighteen that I started feeling little flutters, and you just like don't know what it is. It feels it feels like a. I mean, we all feel rumbles in our stomach, yeah. you know, when we eat, yeah. and then you're just like, oh, okay, it's processing. But it kind of feels like that, and you can't distinguish if it's honestly like a fart bubble, <laughs> food, or the baby kicking. 
So that was week like 18 or so. And then week 21, 22, you start feeling a little bit more. And then now I definitely feel it. And Philip can feel it too when he touches my stomach. But it, it varies. It depends. I think this baby likes to be up at 3 a.m. Which oh, I'm in like, the early oh. hours of the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Early hours in the morning. Or anytime I like lie down, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like, why are you kicking now? But, um, but yeah, starting to feel little kicks. Oh my God. That's oh, crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. And lastly, the bottom of my foot is sore anytime I get it out of bed. Mm. It kind of feels like when you've been walking in heels the night before, oh, like no. all night, and then you get up, you know, yeah. that feeling where it's just like, ow. Sore, yeah. So feeling that every morning. Um, and I never needed slippers other than the fact that it was just for like cleanliness yeah, sake yeah. and you're not walking around the house with bare feet and now it's more for comfort. I'm like, I need my slippers for the comfort of the cushion. Mm. Oh. So all of these things happening, ladies. All the things to look forward to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a lot. It is a lot, yeah. It is a lot. It's a lot of changes, but you know, this is part of the process. And uh, I, I feel lucky that it's not like, mm. I'm not nauseous anymore. I forget actually how bad it was first trimester. Because mm. it, it's, for anyone who's pregnant, like, log your daily like feelings emotions and mm. everything you're going through because i totally forgot what it felt like and when i was looking back i was just like holy crap this was bad yeah like yeah. i it was just like i'm at an abg meeting i can't focus i really want to sleep like i feel really nauseous and uncomfortable and i'm gonna try and leave and i'm like oh i don't remember feeling that way were you logging like writing down in a journal or how, how have you been yeah so i just keep it um on like a document on online mm. so it's easier for me to just type everything okay. out ah i see that's why some there's some days in the meetings i'm just like can we leave at four because i'm because i tend to just get tired easily and Helen's like yeah yeah four i got it yeah. <laughs> and i'm like oh, that's why you want to leave early <laughs> now you know why oh my gosh when we did the freaking today show interview that was like one of the worst i still think that that's crazy that Dude. you were that and you were kind of at the epitome of feeling nauseous and not well, right? Yes. And we had our biggest like national TV like interview experience. So, oh my gosh, you could say the baby had, you know, his or her first national TV experience yeah. in mom's stomach. That was the worst experience. I was trying really hard to be present, to like listen, to focus, but like I just wanted to look. Oh <laughs> I like, I better yeah. not look on live TV right now. Well, you, I mean, I couldn't tell. I didn't know. And I was actually quite shocked when you told us afterwards. Like yeah. when you announced, when you told us that you were pregnant, I tried to go back in my mind yeah. and think of all the instances that we were together. And I'm like, how did I not pick up on this? <laughs> your endurance for pain though, or your tolerance, your tolerance really, is yeah, yeah. very like, I don't say maybe high or very, you deal with it very well. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest. If that was me, yeah, I'd, I need to have a trash can right <laughs> on that live taping because I would be, I'm just, I can't even ride in a car without getting car sick. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I honestly, mad props to you on yeah. how you dealt with like, and how you're still dealing with the physical pain of pregnancy. But one thing I want to talk to you about and ask you is that I think a lot of people don't really understand or know, I guess, like the mental transformation or changes that a woman's mm -hmm. going through when she's pregnant, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I just want to hear more about, you know, what have you been going through mentally and how, is it how has being pregnant affected you yeah. mentally and emotionally? Emotions are, I mean, it's weird. I feel like with pregnancy, you feel these emotions on so many extremes. Mm -hmm. I remember there was just like so much fear during the first trimester because of all the potential complications yeah. the baby could go through and the instability of the fetus. So that is why a lot of people say, you know, maybe don't share within the first trimester because you don't want to get anyone's hopes up. Mm. And, um, mm. and the fact that like we couldn't talk about those fears with anyone, but between Philip and myself, like that was very difficult mm. and stressful. 
And then I remember feeling so elated and grateful after each of our doctor's visits when we heard that we have, you know, a healthy baby that's growing at the right pace and with a good heartbeat. And after every checkup, I cried just like out of gratitude that things were going the the way it was supposed to because it's so scary. You just like never know what they can say, right? After all the blood tests, after all the lab work. And I remember there was one time where the blood tests where it tests if like the spinal cord's open, if there's any Down syndrome or anything like that. The doctor was just like, oh yeah, you you guys were fine with that test. And Philip and I just looked at each other. We're like, that's amazing. And we just started crying and we were just like, that's such good news to yeah, hear, you know, because yeah, you yeah. just never know. That could be, that could change the trajectory of your whole parenthood. Life, yeah. um, and so after every checkup, we were crying out of like oh. gratitude that things were going, going well. Um, and then just on the other end, we, I feel like so just out of body. And like I mentioned earlier, just so foreign to myself and what's happening with my mind and the transformations in my body. Also, during the first trimester, I felt very lonely, even though I had Philip. But, you know, he can only do so much. He's not me. And he is absolutely doing the best that he can, being like a super solid emotional foundation. Because technically, he's pregnant, too. You know, he's an expectant father. He's going through a lot of things as well. But he has been so stable for me that it's just an unwavering that Mm -hmm. I'm super thankful for. For that, but at the same time, he can't fully empathize with what I'm going through. Um, and once people started to find out about my pregnancy, our friends and close family, I feel like people started to treat me differently. Mm. In some ways, it's nice, you know, you get the mm. treatment of a pregnant lady. People will help you with your bags and boxes and give you a seat at the table. But there was this one incident that I will share with a good friend. I won't mention his name, but he unintentionally started to exclude me from certain conversations that involved going out and having fun. Mm. And it was not done out of malice whatsoever, Mm. but I felt very hurt by that because he was basically dictating for me, you know, that I was a pregnant woman and a soon to be mom and that I was ready to make this life transition where I start to be absent from the party scene. Right. And Mm. I, I didn't like that. This was an assumption that was being made for me because in my mind, I was still in, I was still going through a transitionary phase. I hadn't fully accepted yet that I was in mom mode, that yeah. for some reason I was expected to sit at home and rest and only play board games and not have fun anymore, which, you know, is a terrible stigma to mm-hmm. just like put on moms in the first place because mm-hmm. moms are people too. Yeah. I wanted to feel included even if I couldn't make it out for certain things, right? So that was a serious talk that I had with this one particular friend. And it was a difficult one because... I knew he wasn't doing anything out of like malice or he Mm -hmm. wasn't intentionally trying to make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. Told him exactly how I felt, that it hurt. And it was a very good conversation. He had no idea that he was making me feel this way. He was very apologetic and thankful that I had brought it up to him. And I think it's just one of those like socially acceptable things where people place moms in certain buckets in their heads, which, Mm -hmm. you know, even me, like I probably did this to my mom friends too where, you know, you think the mom needs to stay at home and rest and take care of the baby, whereas the dad needs a night out or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think there should really be equal treatment from, from friends for how they treat both, like, their their guy and gal pals. Um, and this whole narrative and presumptions of moms, in my opinion, and now my experience, should probably start changing because we, we are human too. And um, it's like, ask us instead of assuming for us. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, that definitely was like kind of something that was a shift for our social group because Mm -hmm. you and Phil are the first in our, in our close LA friend group Mm -hmm. to not only get married, but then move on to having children together. Mm -hmm. So it's the first time that we're all kind of like trying to figure out what are the right things to do. And I'm actually personally really, really glad that you had that conversation, Mm -hmm. not just for yourself, but I think it is important for our friends and myself also to know, because those are just things that you're not aware of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing that this friend said that really stuck with me and I appreciated was, you know, he was saying that he had hurt his leg and he was like, if my friends didn't show up for me and still invite me out to things and make made me feel welcome and wanted, like, then he would feel terrible. And he kind mm-hmm. of associated that with me where it's like, I'm going through this mommy thing and, you know, friends should be there for you through every part of your journey, no matter what setbacks mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you're going through. Real friends will always be there for you. So it was his way of saying that he was not being a good friend and that he wanted to be a real friend that would be there for every mm-hmm. life milestone mm-hmm. or downfall, whatever it is. And that meant a lot for him to have said that. I also think that, just to add on what Janet was saying, um, I think what you touched on is like, I don't like when people assume things mm-hmm. for me. Because I think, honestly, like, I think at first, before you guys had the conversation, and obviously we're kind of tuned into because we're in your friend group, it taught me a lot how to navigate, you know, when your friend's pregnant. Because I think, in, for example, from my mind, I'm probably thinking like, oh, if I say I didn't invite you to something, it's more like, I don't think she, we want to trouble her with going out. Like, it's just so much, it's like a burden on her. But in reality, that's just us assuming mm-hmm. this burden feeling when you probably like, I don't feel like that at all. Yeah. So it's more like just, one thing we learned is always extend the offer out to everyone in the group mm-hmm. and you make decision if you want to go or not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Weird conversations to have, y'all, but... No, but very but good. Daring. Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually kind of like strengthens your friendships with yes. everyone in the group so you have an understanding. Yeah. I, I definitely think it didn't just strengthen, I think, like you and him, but also with all of us because we are all openly able to talk about these things, right, yeah. that we haven't before. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear how the pregnancy we talked about, like the physical, the mental, emotional, the social. Now, even extending further into social, we all know that Miss Helen is generally the instigator at any party scene. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pretty much if you've gone to any social event with her there, she is probably pouring you a shot uh, and then following with the second a second one after you take that the first yeah, one. Yeah. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it is definitely a part of your persona and like social identity to be incredibly social and incredibly present at at a party. And um, you know, with the alcohol as as a vehicle to kind of have everyone have a good time and mm-hmm. welcome them. How has that? How has kind of your social persona? change and specifically with alcohol and your relationship with alcohol with pregnancy yeah good question i did miss it at first but i actually really don't like miss it that much yeah, anymore. yeah. i remember telling you ladies at the beginning of my pregnancy that i didn't like being around drunk people mm-hmm. and i mean now when i see drunk people i'm like ooh, this is like it's not a good look. And I was like, was that me? Perspective. That, yeah. was me. that was me back then. You know, I was a drunken mess and sorry. But um, I definitely felt FOMO of not being able to participate because I remember during my first trimester, I was thinking that one, I am just as needing of social interaction and fun mm. as anyone else after yeah, yeah. COVID. And this was a period of time mm. where things were coming back, you know, into mm-hmm. play. And now we're, you know, in Delta and, and Mu and all of these other variants. But... I remember thinking, I really want to have fun too. And two, yes, I am used to being the rallier, the instigator, and not just someone who sits in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So when everyone is laughing and on the that other level, 
like I can't meet them there, you know? Mm. And I remember getting sad because the reality of it was that the, things are changing. Like if you look mm. at it one layer deeper, it's like, oh, transitions are happening. Mm. I'm no longer the person I used to be. Mm. Even not being able to eat sushi, like, Dude. yo, it actually sucks. And well, yo, also because Helen's like favorite food is sushi salmon. and it's salmon, salmon yes. specifically raw salmon, raw salmon sashimi. Yes. So yeah, that is another huge thing to kind of take. To, yeah. to change for you. And, you know, now I think I'm, I'm definitely more okay with it. But mm-hmm. I remember the first time when people kind of joked around and said, like, oh, I'll eat two salmons for you or I'll drink for you. Like, it's mm. funny. And, of course, I'll joke along too. But, like, it's kind of not. Mm. <laughs> like, I love sushi and drinking too, you know. Mm. Maybe I'm being, like, overly sensitive. I remember I, like, wrote this down too. I was like, maybe you're being overly sensitive, Helen. Or maybe these are just things that pregnant people don't talk about yeah. things that we sort of internalize because as a mom as a woman it it was our decision to get pregnant you know if it was and we should be grateful and happy that we're growing a human inside of us mm-hmm. and i wrote down that sacrifices are expected rather than revered mm-hmm. as a mom you let others come first and i just remember writing that down and now i forget about it because i don't care anymore about you know eating sushi Sure, I still do care about that a little bit more, but like drinking alcohol, I don't care anymore. But back then, this was how I was feeling yeah. that as a mom, you kind of take a back seat and you know, you did this to yourself. So just be okay that you can't do the things that you can no longer do, at least for this period of time. Mm-hmm. And that made me sad. But you know, I have no desire to take shots or get drunk, as you ladies can probably tell. Like yeah. at parties now, I'm more just like, I'm chill. Like I, I really don't need alcohol. And mm. I feel happy with myself and confident that I can be in social situations and have fun without alcohol. And it's good for me to have, you know, gone to this place in my overall maturity too, because maybe back then it was kind of a crutch or something that just Mm -hmm. made me feel more comfortable getting everyone else involved and drinking Mm -hmm. with me too. Um, And now that I don't need it, it's like, cool, that's good. I've also seen, I feel like you're, because like... It's, it's less about just the alcohol and the sushi, but more what they represent, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's why when people say those things to you, it's like they're treating it as just like the sushi and the alcohol, but it's like, no, you're basically saying, I'm going to take away parts of your identity for you. Yeah. If I'm going to take the shot for you, I'm going to take the sushi from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen you kind of in the social settings, like you're still playing, you've taken, instead of the instigator alcohol shot pouring person, you're kind of playing a hostess role now. Mm-hmm. I see that you really love like having us over at your home. And then when, whenever you, there's a, there's like a gathering here it's definitely got a hell in touch like it's you're more specific about having the certain like just the dynamics that you care about in any like social setting right so I think it's been awesome to for you to kind of see it as like a way to it's like like you said it's a transformation right Mm -hmm. it's not things that are being taken away from you but ways that you're actually choosing to change your your position yeah I actually didn't notice that before but it's true it's like it's it's hosting in a different way or it's trying to get people together in a different way and focusing on what it is that I can you know, handle or control at this point in my life. And it's like, at the end of the day, I will be able to eat sushi and drink alcohol. Yeah. So this is temporary, yeah. but mm-hmm. in the moments, no one talks about this. Like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, as a friend, one thing I'm noticing too, like a couple things, like I think naturally with the pandemic, you know, I'll be honest, our group partied a lot, but I think with the pandemic, we don't really care for that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've noticed with you saying like, oh, like, I mean, in the beginning, this identity of like being like the like the hype woman or like the instigator or whatever. I think before drinking was our social activity, 
Mm-hmm. But now it's more like, no, it's just we're finding other social activities that don't involve alcohol that we actually really enjoy too. Yeah. Which, like, for example, I think one night we were just over at your place and I didn't even want it. No one was drinking. We're all just drinking LaCroix or whatever. And we're playing, like, uh, Big Two. Yeah. <laughs> and we're playing, like, dares and truth or dare with uh, Big Two. And it was just, like, really fun. That was such a fun night. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, laughing so much that night. So just, like, learning how to, like, figure out what the core thing maybe is. It's just, like, maybe it's just more the activity of being involved. With your yeah. friends still. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something we... I mean, honestly, I also appreciate not drinking as much either. So I'm like, <laughs> yay! <laughs> we didn't drink on our last retreat together. And it was yeah. so productive. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Hi, ABGs. How many of you out there are starting to have to go back into the office but struggling to find the right outfits because now you've gotten used to wearing all of your comfy loungewear at home but you know you also got to look professional at work. Well if that sounds like you, I would like to introduce you to Beta Brand. Their dress pant yoga pants have the perfect balance of style, polish, and comfort. They're designed with the fit and flexibility of yoga pants, but the look of professional dress pants. These pants are wrinkle resistant, machine washable, and don't need to be ironed. Super easy to care for. Beta Brand also has tops, and I have been loving their rose rivet work shirt and chambray, which I style unbuttoned over a simple tank top. It gives me just the right amount of form and angle for a professional look, but it's super soft and comfortable. Right now, our listeners can get 30% off their Beta Brand orders when you go to betabrand.com slash ABG. That's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D dot com slash ABG for 30% off your order for a limited time. And when you use our special URL, you're supporting our show too. Discover what it's like to be comfortable and confident all the time. Go to betabrand.com slash ABG for 30% off. All right, so we all know Helen's originally from Boston, but she has a lot of her family members from her mom's side here in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. but many of them have jobs and probably can't take off too much time to help take care of the baby when he or she arrives in December. Um, Helen, are you going to have any help with the baby when he or she arrives? Yeah, so my mom will be coming to take care of me for a month after my birth. Thank goodness. I am very thankful for her, but I'm also very nervous for this thing called chungit. Is, that's in mm-hmm. Toysonese, which translate to, translates to sitting month or a mm-hmm. sit a month. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you ladies have heard about this before, but it's pretty intense. Actually, yeah, do you know if your parents did that? I, I've heard about it actually more from um, just like social media and different things because my, my mom didn't really talk mm-hmm. about it, I don't think. Yeah, and I've asked her actively because like when I was interested in Chinese medicine, that was one of women's mm-hmm. health is really big in that. Um, but I'm personally really fascinated by that and kind of wish my family had kind of carried on some more of those things. So I'm intrigued to, to watch you go through it. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I definitely heard of it, but it may not be as as intense as you explained, but I have uh, people in my family that have hired like old Chinese ladies that come and take care of them for the month after they're born. And for me, all I know is like they had to drink a certain soup and they only eat certain things for Mm -hmm. the month. But there's, I think there's definitely more traditions involved that you're going to probably go through. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically, like, this is, it's literally sit a month, right? You lie down and sit for a month, and you're confined to the house with your baby so that you can rest and heal during this most crucial period of recovery. So last week, I had dim sum with my papa, my grandma, and my aunt, and I was telling them, 
I was telling my grandma, I was like, dude, mom is so intense about Chinese traditions. And I was so fearful of this sitting month situation that she was going to put me through. And I blamed my grandma. I was like, you made her this way. You you made her so stubborn in her traditions. And my grandma responded by saying like, oh, it wasn't me. It was those butt paws, which means bitches <laughs> that your mom hangs out with. And I was like, wow, grandma. That was hilarious. But then I asked her, I was like, oh, did you do sitting month with your, she had three girls. I was like, did you do sitting month with your three girls and she's like of course I did as if there's like no question about it so I'm like okay well these traditions came from you grandma so it's not the bot poles it's it's you you made my mom this way um but yeah so just like a little bit of history about this because I know this is very new for people who a lot of people that are even Chinese have not heard about Mm -hmm. this but sitting month is followed by millions of Chinese women, and it dates back to the Han Dynasty in China. Just I'm Googling here. So year 960. And according to Janet, what you mentioned, TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, they basically say that the blood carries qi, which is your life force, which fuels all the functions of your body. And when you lose blood, which happens during pregnancy, you lose qi. And that causes your body to go into the state of yin, which is cold. And when yin, which is cold, and yang, hot, are out of balance, your body will tend to suffer physical disorders. Mm. And that's why TCM says that women who have just given birth are more susceptible to cold air and thus might get more sick easily. Mm. So basically, women who have just given birth have to follow a very specific lifestyle of refraining from showering for a whole month, not sitting in air-conditioned rooms, even if it's super hot out, and not eating any foods and drinks like ice cream, watermelon, um, refrigerated juices, ice water, etc. But eating things like pig's feet, pig trotter, and hard-boiled eggs braised in ginger and vinegar stew, or papaya fish soup, which is a good source of protein, and it also Mm. produces more breast milk. And eating things like ginseng, veggies, rice, congee. So my sister, Annie, I don't know if I'm just going to share this, but she actually did not shower after Tyler, which is her first child. She said she couldn't she couldn't do that with Riley, her second one. But for the first one, she didn't shower after she gave birth, which is insane to me because wow. a lot of stuff comes out of your vajiji yeah. during that time. To be honest, I think I might do the same. Yeah. yeah I mean, can you wipe? You can wipe. Yeah. Yes. So for a month, you're supposed to only shower or wipe with a cloth, Mm. but with only hot water boiled with ginger, which is supposed to remove the yin from the mother's body. So boiled ginger water is what you wipe with. And that's what she did. Wow. I mean, so you're, I mean, you're still cleaning yourself. It's just, um, I don't know. I find this stuff fascinating, obviously, because I, you know, I was really interested in uh, TCM. So, um, but it, it makes sense that you're kind of restoring all heat related things Mm -hmm. and not allowing any coldness into the body. So, yeah, I mean, damn, if people have been doing it since 900 something, it's for, you know, I mean, yeah, there is something too about like, I mean, I keep thinking about this. Like I used to think my mom doing all of these things, the Chinese traditional, you know, herbally things and medicinal things, even like cupping she she did when I was a kid. And I would see her walking around the house with just like these circular bruises on her back and be like, mom, this is such a weird Chinese thing that you're doing. But now cupping is a very popular technique that that was popularized by social media. And yes, many athletes do this too. So I'm like, okay, there is something with Eastern medicine that dates 
far, far back, yeah. further mm-hmm. back than Western medicine, and there has to be some source of True. validity True. to yep. all of this, yep. right? I agree. Yeah. Um, and then when I was talking to my grandma over dim sum, she's completely sold on the fact that she has major migraines nowadays because she had my mom back in China in March, which which is one of the coldest months in China. Oh. And she had to wash my mom in the river because she had no running water. So it was always cold outside. Mm. And she would also have to go to the city by herself because I guess her mom was too old, couldn't make the trip to the city to get the foods that we mentioned earlier mm. for this one month after birth situation. But when she went, apparently her mom would tell her to like wrap her head when she left the house because it was cold out. But mm. she said it didn't look cute. <laughs> she <laughs> wrapped her head. So she tells me that she regrets not wrapping her head so oh. much now because she messed with the yin in her body and exposed herself to cold. This wow. is so interesting. Yeah. That, that does, it makes me think about like the month that the woman gives birth, like how, cause like say you give birth in summer, is that like more preferred then maybe or? No, cause then you have to be indoors without AC on and there have been um, cases, I was looking at this up yesterday, there have been cases where people have died from like (gasps) heat stroke and you know, cause they took this to an extreme. Right, right. I think nowadays there's probably some moderation with that where maybe you have like a fan on that's not pointed directly at you or low AC or whatever. Whatever it is, but yeah. I have a few questions. First off, I do find it incredibly lucky that you're giving birth to this baby, hopefully in December, in Los Angeles. Yes. Which the weather <laughs> yeah. is bearable. Yeah. Two, I mean, now that you know you're going to be doing the sitting month, because um, if I were if I were in your shoes, I'm like, okay, like right before like you go into the hospital, you're like, I'm going to shower real quick, like kind of like you didn't think of. Oh yeah, do all like, the things now. Yeah. <laughs> or also like, are you going to like? Can you take where like? Can you do makeup remover? Like, I, 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 oh yeah, like, like what's allowed and not yeah, allowed? Also, like, skin. You know, are you gonna are you allowed deodorant? Are you allowed uh, dry shampoo? Like these are the you know yeah. I mean, yeah, also yeah. like we're a modern times too. So how do you mm. blend tradition tradition and modern? Yeah, I remember Annie saying that she used a lot of dry shampoo, so I'm assuming oh. that dry shampoo's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just nothing that's cold that mm. enters your body or surrounds your body. Do you like heat up the deodorant a little bit? <laughs> Did you smell Annie during that month? No, I actually don't remember. I just remember her hair, her hair being very greasy. <laughs> That's all I remember. But I didn't uh, register that she was doing the sitting month thing because mm. I was just with her at home mm, taking yeah, care yeah, of the baby. Yeah. But I was just like, yeah, why is your hair so greasy? <laughs> now I know. So we know when, when she comes back from the hospital, we'll dry shampoo. We'll put yeah. it together, a little kit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you ladies, and it's something that we've talked about in the past, but I think anytime you are very close to someone, and for the record, we are not only business partners and co-hosts, but really good friends, um, basically family outside of this podcast, and anytime something big happens in a close friend's or family member's life, you technically feel their feelings to some extent, even if you're not going through that transition yourself. You are going through a major transition as a support system and as someone who is living vicariously through those experiences by proximity. So question for you ladies, how are you two feeling about this pregnancy? Honestly, I still am through the roof, like just like with so much joy. Like, so I can't, like, I don't know, my heart is, and I think it's, it's coming from a place where I have, I'm at an age where I've had, I have nieces and nephews. I've had a lot of close friends, like, you know, get married, get pregnant and give birth. Um, And to be fair, because it's not been me individually. And I will say, these have not been people that I've been as close to you as where Mm. we're seeing each other, like all the time we're working together. I've seen more of the positive. Mm. So right now I'm still kind of on that high 
so yeah, that on a very pure feeling level, as someone who's also not very good at feeling my feelings, but I, I know I can feel that on like a physical level. I just feel so happy and elated and with joy. Um, but I will say like, I think I feel moved more than I have in the past with some of the emotions. Like when, when you guys told us, I remember looking at both you and Phil and seeing both of you get choked up mm. and feeling that as well myself. And I think it is because as much as I'm close to my friends and my family, I don't see them on a day to day. And I didn't know on a more, more direct level, what it means to them to conceive that child. Right. Mm. And, and with you guys, I was, I just feel like I'm able to feel the feelings. Um, and then also in a kind of like knowledge level, like I know, yes, my cousin has gotten pregnant. My friends have gotten pregnant and they'll talk about, yeah, like my back hurts or this, but they didn't, we never really sat down and had conversations about kind of the deep emotional and mental mm. shifts that are happening. Right. And the yeah. fears of, cause I know, like, I know through growing up with them that a lot of women have struggled with like body issues. Right. Yeah. But we never really sat down and talked about it. And I couldn't really place myself in their, in their perspective. And I remember when you shared with us, like the news and we we're also happy and celebrated. And then like in our next meeting, we kind of sat and we're like, okay, like how are you really mm -hmm. feeling? You know? Yeah. 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 And to have you share those things was the first time where I was like, Oh, I can feel that I get it. Right. And it's not out of like, Oh, I'm suffering from your suffering, right. but it's like, Oh, that makes total sense. And now I can prepare for myself. Like it puts into context for me now, like when I think about pregnancy in the future, knock on wood, if it, you know, hopefully if that can happen or just me having better context of women who are pregnant of what that experience is like. So yeah, I don't know. I think for me, this is, this has been really interesting and I still feel like maybe I'm just, I, because I'm not exposed to the hard parts, you're going yeah. through the things and I'm just kind of still on the outskirts and, and, and being here as much as I can. But I don't, I'm just feel, I feel, I think because logically I've, I've had a lot of friends and family go through, so I kind of know some of the things to expect. I'm not really taken into shock by it, but I've been able to experience the feelings and the understandings on a deeper level because you are someone that I'm like the closest to and yeah. who's mm -hmm. going through this, you know, I was talking about how Helen, you're like one of the closest people to me to experience pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so it's like learning all of the ups and the downs, but I think also like the shift of looking at you taking on the role of mother has mm -hmm. been really like, wow, for mm -hmm. me too. Because I, I mean, you've gone through so much change in the last couple yeah. of years and we've, it's been a shared change for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. But I just feel so excited for you. And like, I just have so much confidence in how this is just going to enhance your, what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> like, I just, I feel like for, for what you've gone through mm -hmm. and how your clarity in your identity and your values like this just feels like such an elevation yeah. yeah so i'm just super excited for the baby but also for you to go through this experience and for phil because um yeah you guys are i think i had also forgot to mention this but like i i don't think i've i've been mm. an auntie of a baby where i knew both the mom and the dad mm. for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And and that's why when I saw you guys both get choked up when you, you know, told us, I like felt it. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm very, very excited. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, the, like that's the stuff that I'm sharing on this podcast, obviously I'm speaking from my Your own perspective. perspective. Yeah. So this is not what all, you know, pregnant women are going through, but I think a lot of the things that I've mentioned that might sound a little bit more like on the negative side, it's, it's, these are just real things that I don't think a lot of people talk about. And when I share on this podcast, I don't see all the people listening to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I'm just talking to Mel and Janet as my girlfriends. So yeah. sharing it from my perspective of like, you know, both the, the good and the bad and, um, take what you can from it. But 
I'm glad that, you know, I feel like for Janet, she feels like she's having this baby. And for Mel, too, I know. <laughs> you ladies are having this baby with me, basically, because you're going through all of my emotions as I'm going through them, too. And yes, thank you for being there for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. I mean, I personally haven't uh, felt that it's been negative. I feel like it's just been very real. Like anything mm. that you've shared with us, at least from my perspective and emotionally, I'm just like, there are things that I'm like, oh, I understand. Like, oh, mm-hmm. not, I don't, not that I understand, but it's like, oh, I could see, makes sense why you're feeling that or why. And it's like, I never thought of that before because people yeah. have never shared that with me before, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is definitely a, a part of this where, um, a lot of pregnancy is glorified yeah and not a yes. lot of people want to talk about the things that are a little bit harder because they don't want to come off as ungrateful yeah. or that they're not happy but to be honest like i mentioned earlier these emotions are extremes on both ends yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not just like extreme happy all the time it's extremes on both ends and finding a happy medium and a good balance yeah and i per- i feel personally more like well-rounded as a person and then just I mean selfishly too like I feel more prepared for wanting to to go enter that kind of stage because I kind of feel like I am seeing what to expect yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you for sharing thank you for sharing that too (laughs) (laughs) how about for you Mel um I'm gonna divide this into what am I most nervous about with the pregnancy and what I'm most excited about yeah Um, I'll go with the nerves first um on the opposite side of Janet you're my first friend that's pregnant I don't know anyone else I'm really close with or have, like, I think I have friends that I, like, I saw they were pregnant, but they're always, like, friends I see, like, once every six months. And, yeah, like, yeah. I don't have that sense of attachment. And Helen being one of my closest friends, close, probably, like, you're the closest thing I have to a sister, it's very new experience even for me to go through this as a friend of a pregnant person. Yeah. You're also the oldest in your family of our, all your yeah. cousins. Yeah. So none of your cousins or family members are pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have any nieces or nephews. They probably like, but tell them over. You should be, uh, you know, your turn. Um, but no, um, I think what I'm nervous about is again. This is a new experience, even for you as a mom, for me as a friend of a mom. I know this is such a momentous time for you, and you're going through so many changes and transitions that you shared. And I think talking with you, it's overall, it's a very exciting time. But it's not always butterflies and sunshine, like you mentioned. Like you said, your back hurts, and emotionally, you're you mentioned you're finding your new identity. And what I'm nervous about is, you know, focusing on our relationship as a friend is that I'm afraid I'm going to say or do something wrong Mm. because this is new, you know, um, even though I can't wait to meet this baby, you, again, you're my closest friend to be pregnant. I'm going to wear certain things and have not been closely around someone to pick up on these social cues or understanding that maybe Janet has with her cousins or their friends. So Mm. I really value friendship in our connection. And I know we're both, Helen and I are both very like jokey, trolly people. Like <laughs> there are moments we just like, she goes, whoa, 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 I just saw something, say something that I just, I get. And we just start cracking up. And like, we have this relationship where like, we'll throw a little like petty remark to each other, but we get it and we just start cracking up, right? And sometimes I would throw out a joke and then there's a moment I'm just like, wait, can I not say that? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid yeah, to say something wrong because I don't want to be like, I don't want to be um, offensive because I don't know what's, polite or what's mm. right or wrong so there's only moments i'm just like afterwards i'm like oh helen should i have not said that like I just, <laughs> there are times i'm like oh no like you know what i mean i like i'll be on can i share an example yeah that i actually picked up my brother te- texting me this too but i came into helen's place for a meeting and i said this at like oh my god like she's showing more now i'm so excited to see the bump growing because it shows that the baby's progressing along and i was like oh my god you can see the bump or you're growing and then janet goes oh yeah she's having a baby and i was like oh shit like 
she's right. And, I'll, and then later on, I was like, am I not supposed to say that? Because I didn't want to, you know, obviously you're going through body changes and emotions. So it's just like, what is right? What is wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I will say that I could see how it's tough to say anything because you don't know, especially when a woman is going through something that is overly sensitive and you just want to be, you, you want to tiptoe yeah. around the, the sensitivity of what they're feeling. Um, for that particular like comment, I didn't feel that way because I think I remember I was like wearing something. I was like, oh yeah, here's my bump. But I could see why you question yourself if that was the right thing to say or not. But I will say that when you follow up and you ask like, oh wait, should I not have said that? Like it's it comes from a s- sincere place. Yeah. And it's not like you want to disrupt the relationship that we had before where we just like troll each other yeah, and just yeah. say whatever is on our minds without too much of a filter. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated, you know, how you handled that. Thanks. Yeah, my brother messaged me because I think I think you posted some photos of your pregnancy, and my brother goes, "Oh my gosh!" Like I think he's also my brother's like he knows you and Phil, and she, he's kind of more more like also like, "Oh my god, I can't having a baby!" Like yeah, you know, he's a Wang Fu fan, so then he, he was saying like, "Oh, Helen's like her bump is growing." And I was like, "Yeah, you should." I was like, <laughs> I had this sort of like, hmm, like should you have said that kind of moment <laughs> with myself and my little brother? defending me? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, huh, but um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things I'm learning. But I guess it's a, it's the nerve the nerves of like oh man like navigating the yeah. change and making sure I'm being sensitive and respectful of where you're at. Um, another thing that I was nervous about, and this is something I was really hesitant on sharing because made me feel like a dick to be honest. And then maybe I don't know if other people who are my age or like you're the first one, you're the baby of your group and your friends going through a pregnancy, which is a, a joyous time. And I pulled Helen aside. She's like, something's up. Just talk to me. And I was like, I don't know. But I literally told myself, like, I'm never going to say this to her face because it's something you don't bring up to a friend who's pregnant. Hmm. And you're very supportive. And you said, just talk to me. Like, tell me what's on your mind. And I shared with you that even though I'm so excited for you, for the baby and your new role as a mother, I know that I had a, I had to, I needed, I needed to have a moment where I had, t- I had time to process and acknowledge the fact that your priorities are going to shift Mm-hmm. how that's going to affect my friendship with you mm-hmm. because again I never had someone close to me who was pregnant but for me it's not a sense that like I'm being selfish with my oh my god I'm not going to be your priority anymore it's more like common fact that yes she's becoming a mom her family and her baby is going to take number one priority and that priority and being a mom takes a lot of time that mm-hmm. you should be giving to your child so for me as a friend I know that's going to be a shift and a change in dynamic somehow or yeah. time spent together yeah so i think there's a little pit a little part of me that was a little sad because i'm like i hope i'm not because i do cherish our time together as a friend i think people when it when i'm friends with someone that i'm really close with if something changes or that anytime i have with them like one-on-one is very sacred to me so for me knowing that i was like i'm just a little sad that maybe things might be a little different you know yeah um but this is also the change I think people feel when, for example, when someone gets in a serious relationship, their time is going to be spent to their partner they want to build a life with. So for me, it's also acknowledging that this is a big milestone and change in that dynamic and relationship too. So Helen, I had a really nice talk where I cried uh, and she was very supportive and like acknowledged how I felt. But yeah, that was something I was like really nervous about, to be honest. Yeah. And I remember thinking that, you know, it, your concerns were just like it it made sense it totally made sense because the thing is that deep down it comes from a place of care 
Like, if you didn't care, then you wouldn't be concerned about us not spending time together, mm-hmm. right? If, and, and especially because you've never had a friend who hasn't pregnant. Like, Janet, I know that with you, you've had a lot of friends and cousins and family members who have had kids, so you kind of know what to expect. Yeah. And I think for Mel, you're just like, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. This is a huge transition for you. And like I had mentioned, just even prompting this question, it's like, if I'm going through a transition and we're really close, you're going to be going through a transition as well. So know that the, the thing that I took from that conversation was that you just really cared and you didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel even like, I, I came out of that like happy. Like, oh, the fact that you cared this much to feel this way it, it was important that you share that with me so that I can give you the assurance that, you know, our friendship will always be here mm-hmm. and that I'm not like, I mean, I'll probably be busy with the baby for a little bit, but like, that's not going to change our relationship and our dynamic. You crying? Mm. <laughs> like every time Mel hides her face, I'm like, where's she at? Fuck. <laughs> oh, meow, meow. Uh, I remember when you kind of had a conversation, because I could tell that you were bothered by something. So we talked about this a little yeah. bit right after um, we found out. And I know you felt so guilty and conf- you're like, I don't, I'm confused. Like, I don't know what I'm feeling right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I do think that it's like, I don't know that I experienced it the way that you have where you don't know what to expect. And it's someone that's close to you. When I first started finding out people were pregnant, there wasn't someone that I spent like 24 seven with yeah. or worked with. Right. So I have been able to like, slowly been mm. like been led into this experience I guess you can say right versus you it's a very sharp kind of drastic and I think that like Helen was saying it been led into this experience I guess you can say right versus you it's a very sharp kind of drastic and I think that like Helen was saying it makes sense everything that you're feeling you shouldn't feel guilty or bad and I'm pretty sure there's someone out there listening who is going to feel this and who feels it and mm-hmm. you know so I I think it's like I appreciate you sharing that Really, mm-hmm. I do. And I think that there's going to be a lot of listeners who also can relate and will appreciate feeling not alone. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think it was a lot of, it came from a lot of guilt. Yeah. I was like, I shouldn't be feeling this way about someone so No, it makes you. so much sense, yeah. as Helen said. It's, every transformation involves something new, but it also involves something else leaving. So yeah. to grieve the thing that you had before is not, it's part of the process. Yeah. And I definitely had time to process. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys both saying that. And actually, I'm happy we had that conversation, Helen, because literally I told Jana, I was like, I'm never going to talk to her about this because this is literally not right because it's just like, I think when you hear it, like your best friend or one of your close friends are pregnant, you're like, you should be celebrating. And like, I am like, I'm going to get there. But I think for me, I'm just like, I feel so bad feeling selfish in that moment of where shouldn't you were, this should be about this person, yeah. this new thing. But you're like, I'm thinking my own like, friendship with Helen's gonna change like I thought of that yeah of course and I think even like the source of it I know like even right when you told me I was like okay I know this comes from a good place I know this comes from our relationship being as strong as it is right now Mm -hmm. and the fear of it changing yeah and that made me go like oh you silly like (laughs) you know like I don't like silly as in like I don't want you to feel guilt about this because it totally just makes sense Mm -hmm. where you're coming from it's because you care so much and I mean yeah, you'll have you'll have another one of me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's, that's to so true. take up your t- attention. Like, trust me, y'all aunties and also babysitters. So that's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. I actually remember Mel, like she, so when we were talking and then she goes home and she's like, Jenna, I Googled it. And Google tells me that I shouldn't talk to the mother about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you should never like, it's, you know, like the Google says like people, people do, they'll feel, you know, like, uh, like they're sad that the relationship is changing, but you should never like talk to the mom about no. it. So, yeah. so she, you cared enough to like really research. be thoughtful. Yeah. To research and be thoughtful. You're like, shit, I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I've been on a couple of Reddit pages yeah. <laughs> and it told me that I shouldn't be telling you this. <laughs> I do my research to figure out, you know, to have an experience. I literally had to resort to Google. Like, how do, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that was the thing I was most nervous about. And I got a little, you know, emotional. Because, um, but anyways. But this led me to what I'm most excited about. And I did, I went home after Helen, you know, and after our conversation. And in the gift where she announced her pregnancy through both Jan and I, she included a little booty. Not like a ass. <laughs> Like a baby sock. Yes. And on the bottom, she wrote Auntie Janet on one sock and Auntie Mel on the other sock. And at a moment where I was just sitting there and I was just processing my feelings and under, like going through my past memories with Helen and like, you know, just sitting there with my feelings pretty much. And I just had a moment where this like feeling of nervousness transformed yeah. to like, oh my God, my really good friend who seriously like... The reason why I'm so emotional is like, again, you two are very close to me and I don't have a sister. I don't have an older sister. You guys both have a sister. So it's a different bond. I have a brother. Love him, but it's very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you guys are the closest thing I have to a family that's a sister. I don't say sister like, sister, woo woo. No, it's like <laughs> legit. The things we talk about, the things we've gone through together, you guys are the closest things I have to like a blood sister. So when I'm looking at this little booty... I, and I think about like Helen and our many adventures in the last six years. And I think about you transforming and taking on the role of mother. It makes me really emotional. It makes me really excited because I realize how attached I'm going to be to this baby and this connection I'm going to form because this child is going to probably feel like my niece or nephew, which I don't have. Mm-hmm. So this is like the first one I feel very like, this is the first baby in my, in my life. Yeah. So I feel very like, oh my God. And then I like, texted Helen and I was like, I feel very emotional now. Like it's finally, <laughs> it's finally hitting me. Yeah. And so for me, I'm very excited to see you take on this new role. And on a selfish front, I'm excited to play a huge role in this baby's life. Cause I'm gonna love this baby so fucking much <laughs> that I'm just like, cause the thing is, I, I think to myself, like if I could feel this strong connection with you, like you said, this baby is like a different thing. Yeah. So I guess I didn't really realize before, you know, like I think before my friends have kids, they're just like, Oh, you're just so cute. Well, blah, 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 yeah, blah. yeah. It's different. It's a very different connection. Yeah. yeah. And I feel extremely lucky to have both of you here as like basically the blood aunties that will be local. Like my sister, I have a sister, but she's in Boston and um, I don't have like the close, close like family members here that will be, you know, taking care and looking after and feeling that like real auntie vibe here. And I feel extremely lucky to have you two here in LA and for you two to be so excited for this baby, like makes me feel reassured that this baby is, you know, loved outside of just me and Philip, and, and will be taken care of and loved. And it's just like, that makes me feel very reassured and Aww. happy. She says that she's rubbing her belly. It makes her really <laughs> Baby Turtle hears everything. Aww. 
Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of my pregnancy journey. I will be doing a Q&A with Philip, so bringing him into the conversation for a YouTube video. So keep your eye out for that. It'll be sometime maybe in October, I believe, that we'll be releasing that. But, you know, this is only my perspective. Philip is also going through a lot of things as the mm. father, and I think a lot of times people focus on just the mom during pregnancy, mm. but <laughs> He reminds me that he's pregnant too. So <laughs> he would like to share his emotions and his side of things. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And if you are a new mama out there, if you're looking to be a mom, if you're going through things trying to be a mom, um, we are all in this together. And I would love to hear from you, hear how you're doing. I feel like the mommy community is incredibly supportive um, and just open to talking about so many things. So happy to connect with you all as well. Let us know in the comments of our IG post. If you are a mama, soon to be mama, wanting to be a mama, already a mama, <laughs> let us know all the mama things. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. We do have a couple of shout outs for this episode to Tina from Samuel from the Bay Area. Happy 30th birthday. You're an amazing Asian Boss Girl. To her little sister, Yera, from Yeji, sending her three-year-old son, Evan, to preschool for the first time as a first-time parent and watching him adjust to preschool life with minimal tears. My gosh, that's amazing. Hope you and Duke enjoy having a quieter, peaceful home all to yourselves during remote work. To Katrina B. from Kelsey from Ohio, Katrina, I know you're listening to this, and I know you're an ABG killing it as a PA. Keep being an inspiration. If you'd like to send a shout-out to a friend, check out our link tree and our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout-outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all of her magic on our episodes, including this one. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye! Bye.